what's going on guys welcome back to the no look nba podcast it's been a very very long time since i've made one of these um me and my co-host slash friend we just moved away from each other about an hour away we're still cool obviously we're still boys but it's just been hard to um record a podcast when both of us are working and in school and uh, i've just kind of lost the motivation to make these but last night it's currently February the 5th, so last night, February the 4th, a uh, four-team trade went down. That's actually the biggest trade in terms of amount of players moved since 2000, so 20 years. Um, so that was pretty exciting. It made me want to get back on the mic and make a podcast. So the four teams involved in the trade are Houston Rockets, Atlanta Hawks, Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Denver Nuggets. And um, Houston will get Robert Covington and Jordan Bell in a 2024 second-round pick. That's uh, It's actually the Warriors' second-round pick in 2024. Atlanta gets Clint Capella, who's probably the biggest name in the trade, along with Nene, and they had to cut Chandler Parsons to make room for the four-team trade. The Timberwolves get a top-14 protected pick from Brooklyn, so the highest it can be is 15. Uh, they get Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, and Juan Hernan Gomez from Denver. And then Denver acquires Houston's 2020 first-round pick, Shabazz Napier, Kiate Bates, Diop, Noah Vonley, and Jail Green. And so uh, those are most of the players who were involved in the trade. There's a couple more players, you know, their names are trickling in as the trade goes through. Evan Turner got traded by the Hawks as a salary dump and things like that. But those are the main pieces. And um, I'm going to first talk about my team because I'm from Atlanta, the Hawks. They got Clint Capella, who's probably the biggest name in the trade like I was saying and um, I'm really happy about this the Hawks are the worst team in the league currently in terms of the record they're 13 and 38 but I think in terms of uh, talent and then uh, and future talent with uh, DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish and Trey Young and John Collins they're not the worst team they just happen to be performing at the, the worst right now John Collins missed 25 games for his uh, PED suspension so that didn't help and I think that adding Clint Capella a young center who's athletic fits their timeline. He's signed for multiple years and he's not signed for ridiculous money. It's going to really help, especially because Capella brings you rebounding and rim protection because he's really athletic, seven footer. And uh, right now, the Hawks centers are Alex Lynn and Bruno Fernando. Alex Lynn is god awful and Bruno Fernando is a rookie, so you can't expect too much out of him. And um, Capella is currently averaging pretty much 14 and 14, 13.9 and 13.8 is his averages with nearly two blocks per game. And uh, that'll add really, really needed rim protection for the Hawks' 28th ranked defense and their 24th ranked rebounding. Just really, really bad in terms of uh, defense and rebounding. So adding Clint Capella will really help in that uh, in that realm. Along with just showing Trey, not that Trey Young has ever showed any want to leave Atlanta in the future or anything like that. I mean, he's only in his second year. But as you're just doing a good job of showing your franchise player, like, look, we're going to add players around you. We're not going to sit back. We're not going to just let you waste away down here. We're going to try to add a good team around you. So that's always good. I was really happy about that trade. And now just to move to Houston, who's the other half of that Capella trade, obviously. Uh, like I was saying, Houston got Robert Covington and Jordan Bell in a 2024 second-round pick. And it looks like Houston is really just going all in in the five-out shoot the three, pace in the space, you know, the real D'Antoni system. But um, they're doing it to a crazy degree at this point. Without Capella this year, they're 10-1, and one, which is pretty surprising, actually, just being without their best center 
Because it's not like Capella is like a bad player. He's a solid player. People thought of him as the third man of their big three. But they're 10-1 without him. And they're usually rolling out P.J. Tucker as the center whenever uh, Capella's not in there. So that's pretty interesting, running a six foot five, thirty-five 35-year-old at uh, center. So maybe they'll be able to surprise some players in the regular season, surprise other teams in the regular season in terms of uh, how fast they're playing offense and the amount of threes they can get up and how there's multiple ball handlers on the court, really just uh, abusing the D'Antoni system. But I can't see this working in the playoffs. I mean, maybe if they get matched up against a team that doesn't have a good center, then they'll be okay. But if they go against the Lakers, Anthony Davis is going to have a field day. JaVale McGee's going to have a field day. Dwight Howard's going to have a field day. They get the Nuggets. Jokic is going to have a field day. If they get the Clippers, then Montrez Harrell's going to have a field day. If they Even if they get the Jazz, and you know Rudy Gobert is not an offensive-minded center, but he will still destroy them on the offensive glass and with alley-oops. So, I mean, I don't really know why they're doing this. I guess they're just saying, look, it's Dan Tony's last year on his uh, – Contract. We're going to fully embrace his system and see how far it gets us. And if it doesn't work, then he'll be gone at the end of the year anyways. It also doesn't help that uh, the Rockets have a new owner who's, you know, pretty cheap. It's hard to say that someone's cheap when they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars on a team. But they seem to have um, had to make these trades in order to get underneath the luxury tax because the owner doesn't want to spend too much money. So that's unfortunate because they're right in the middle of their championship window. You know, you don't have, know how much longer... Russell Westbrook's going to be at this level. You know, his game is so reliant on athleticism and quickness, and once that starts to go, he won't be as good of a player. So it's unfortunate for Rockets fans that their new owner is kind of tightening the checkbook a little bit and not letting the team do what they have to do to get players to win championships. But, you know, that kind of stuff happens. Now to the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves are pretty much just looking to do anything they can to get D'Angelo Russell from the Warriors. So right now they're just trying to acquire as much draft capital as possible along with young players. Like I was saying, they got Malik Beasley, who's a solid you know, young wing. Jared Vanderbilt, who I, honestly I don't really know who Jared Vanderbilt is. Maybe it makes me not a good basketball fan. Maybe he's some um, diamond in the rough that I haven't heard of. But when I saw his name, it did not ring a bell to me. And then uh, Juan Hernan Gomez is actually a pretty good stretch for. So they got those players to go alongside Wiggins and Towns. And they're looking to make a trade for D'Angelo Russell. I don't know who all would be involved in that. By all reports, the uh, the Warriors and the Timberwolves are still pretty far apart on terms in terms of what they want for the trade to go through. So I really wouldn't expect it to happen before um, tomorrow's trade deadline at 3 p.m. But, you know, maybe it will. Maybe I'll get another big trade to talk about on another podcast. But for right now, it doesn't look like that, that will happen until maybe the offseason. So we'll see what happens. But the Wolves have been trying to get D'Angelo Russell for pretty much two years now. Him and uh, Carlton Towns are reportedly best friends, so maybe they just want to make Towns happy because I don't know how he can be too satisfied playing for the Timberwolves right now. And then um, Denver acquired, like I said, Shabazz Napier, Keate Bates, Diop, Noah Vonley, and Gerald Green. And uh, they also got Houston's 2020 picks. So I don't really know why Denver necessarily made any moves. They kind of always strike me as a team that almost has too many players, you know, especially now with Michael Porter Jr., getting healthy and showing that he needs a bigger role on the team. And then they just went out and acquired, you know, three or four new players, excuse me. But they also got the 2020 first-round pick, so that's probably the main reason why they made that trade. The rest of the guys are kind of just, you know, there to be additions, little pieces to help maybe win a couple games here or there. 
But um, Denver's probably more just looking at that first-round pick. Because currently they're 35-16. and 16. They're third in the West, so they're not struggling at all. Houston's 32-18. and 18. And Like I was saying before, the Hawks are 13-38, and 38, the worst team in the league. The Timberwolves are not too far behind them at 15-34. and 34. So hopefully these trades make a big difference for uh, the Hawks and the Timberwolves in that matter because they're both struggling pretty bad. But um, hopefully not too good of a difference for the Hawks because uh, I don't want them to lose that top draft pick. So we'll see what happens with those. Now I'm going to move on to uh, All-Star Weekend. Obviously, it's been a little bit since the participants were announced for all the uh, contests and the starters and the reserves and things like that. I'm just going to talk about All-Star Saturday night today because tomorrow is trade deadline. I'm going to make a podcast tomorrow for any additional trades that happen before 3 p.m. And then I'll discuss All-Star starters and uh, the reserves and any snubs that I thought were there. But for now, I'm just going to talk about All-Star Saturday night, starting with everyone's favorite, the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. Um... You know, the skills challenge is one of those things where no one loves it, no one hates it. It's good, it's a good um, time waster. You can sit there and you can watch it. It's pretty entertaining. So uh, this year it's going to be Bam Adebayo, Patrick Beverly, Spencer Dinwiddie, Chris Middleton, Derrick Rose, Demontis Sabonis, Pascal Siakam, and then your defending champion Jason Tatum, who I know is really excited to go there and defend his championship. So um, it looks like they're still doing a version of the guards versus the big men. You know, you still got Bam in there. You got Demontis Sabonis. Siakam's, you know, a power forward. Small forward, power forward, you know. He's a, he's a bigger guy. And then you got all the guards in there. So that'll be exciting to watch. You know, it is what it is. You, it's never bad and it's never great. It's the, it's a skills challenge. So next up is a three-point contest. Devontae Graham is participating. Duncan Robinson, Trey Young, Buddy Heald, Davis Bertans, Joe Harris, who's the defending champion, and then Damian Lillard. And um, last but not least, a late entry and probably the one most people are upset about, Zach Levine. He's having a really good three-point shooting year, actually, so I don't have a problem with him being in the three-point contest, but it is frustrating that um, he kind of held the fans hostage and said that, you know, if he made the all-star team, he'd participate in the dunk contest, which is what everybody wants to see him in. But instead, almost out of spite, he's not doing the dunk contest because he didn't make it, and he's going to be in the three-point contest. And it's like, dude, it's in Chicago. You play for the Bulls. You might as well, you know, reward the fans of being the dunk contest, but instead he's kind of being petty and joining the three-point contest instead. It's like, you're still going to be there over the weekend. You might as well do the dunk contest, but, you know, hoping for the best. Maybe he'll win the three-point contest and be the first person to ever win a dunk contest and a three-point contest because, as we all know, he is a two-time dunk champion. But uh, it would have been really nice to see him in the dunk contest to go against Aaron Gordon again. Speaking of the dunk contest, like I said, Aaron Gordon's one of the participants. Dwight Howard, which is, you know, interesting. People are kind of excited to see because Dwight Howard's having a uh, resurgent season this year, but I don't really know how much he has left in the tank in terms of dunk contests. I mean, he obviously won twice, but that was back in, you know, 08. Or maybe was he once or twice? He, I know he won the one for sure against Nate Robinson. Then Nate, Nate Robinson beat him the next year. I don't know. He won when he did the Superman dunk. I know that for sure. But um, people are excited about that, but that was almost 10 years ago, you know, so we'll see what happens. Maybe he doesn't have any more. Maybe it does. Derek Jones Jr., who's been in it before, he's really athletic. He's got a crazy vertical, throws down great in-game dunks. The first time he went in, his performance was fine. Apparently, like anything in life, it gets easier the more you do it, so maybe he'll be better this time around in the dunk contest. And then last is Pat Connaughton. And... Um, Admittedly, I saw Pat Connaughton, and I was like, oh, the Bucks backup guard, you know, the white dude, what is he going to be able to do? But 
he has a crazy vertical. It's actually one of the highest recorded in the combine. And uh, the problem is when he does an in-game dunk, it's never really anything flashy. It's always just one of those dunks that um, you don't really see coming because he just kind of drives the lane slowly and goes up and dunks it over somebody. But it's never flashy. It's always just like a straight-arm dunk. So maybe he'll have something for us in a dunk contest, but I don't have my hopes up for him. It would have been nice if, I could, like I said, we would have got Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, and then uh, my dream dunk contest would also be having John Morant and Zion in there. But maybe we'll get that in the future. I would love to see them in a dunk contest. And then last on Saturday night uh, is the Rising Stars Challenge. They're still doing the U.S. team versus the world team. U.S. team is a little bit better, but the world team's not bad. It really speaks to uh, how global the NBA is and how countries are putting out high-quality players. So uh, the U.S. team is Miles Bridges, Devontae Graham, Tyler Hero, Jaron Jackson Jr., Ja Morant, Kendrick Nunn, Eric Paschal, P.J. Washington, Zion Williamson, and Trey Young. And then the world team is Nikhil Alexander-Walker, DeAndre Ayton, R.J. Barrett, Brandon Clark, Luka Doncic, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Rui Hachimura, Svi Mikhailu, Josh Okoge, and Mo Wagner. And um, once you get down towards the end of that world team, you start to see, you know, they're running out of players in terms of first-year, first-two-year player guys. But, I mean, the teams are pretty even. Obviously, your two stars and Trey Young and Luka Doncic for each team. Zion Williamson's obviously, you know, a star in the making, but he's only played a couple games this year, so we'll have to see. John Morant's fantastic. It'll be a good game. I mean, obviously those games aren't too competitive. It's just pretty much a three-point shootout and a fast-break dunk contest, but it's still fun to watch. It's good to see the young guys getting some run on All-Star Weekend. So I'm excited about All-Star Weekend. A lot of people don't like it just because, you know, people don't try that hard because they don't want to get injured, and I can't blame them for not wanting to get hurt, but... I'll never turn down the opportunity to watch the best players in the game, you know, go against each other and do what they do professionally. And just, it's always entertaining to watch. So, like I was saying, today's February the 5th. The trade deadline is tomorrow, February the 6th at 3 p.m. Eastern. So, hopefully we get some more big trades, something I can talk about. And, uh, and then I'll also discuss all-star starters, reserves, and snubs. And just uh, anything that goes on in the NBA tonight, I'll talk about tomorrow on another podcast. So, I appreciate y'all listening. Sorry it's been so long. Uh, like I was saying, just a lot of stuff going on in life and just lost motivation to do it. But I still love the NBA. I'm still watching it, so I might as well you know, talk about it a little bit. And I'll try to find someone else to do these podcasts with just because it's a lot easier to do it uh, with another person, have someone to bounce off of with their conversation and with the topics. But now I'm just rambling. Y'all have a good rest of your day, and I will talk to y'all tomorrow.